creepy campfire. I mean, it's worth it to not get caught for murder. Um, his balls wasn't feeling right. Freak out! That's not reassuring. Get freaked out. See, so these are where the questions come from. This yeah. is where it stems from. This is what makes it fun. Welcome back to Creepy Campfire, your source for all things strange, the unexplainable, the infamous, and the mysterious. Here are your hosts, Jordan and Ryan. Oh yeah! Hey everybody, I'm sorry that uh, getting this episode out took so long. Uh, I genuinely believe that, uh, and this is going to make me sound crazy off the get, but guess what, you're at the Creepy Campfire. Uh, I think that my laptop was under some kind of demonic attack, not wanting us to get out um, our conversations about how you have power over demons and they do not control you. Um, so essentially halfway through my editing of this, um, all the little snippets and cut throughs of editing that I had done, uh, got smashed together and I had essentially an audio jigsaw puzzle. I had to unravel and figure out what fit where, um, otherwise this whole episode would have been trash. And I think it was trying to discourage me to to keep me from putting this out uh but you know what i'm too stubborn for that so it's all together um i apologize if there might be minor glitches in it but i think honestly it should be like 99 percent true to to the original recording um so again apologies for the long delay you shouldn't see any more of those should unless some uh some unforeseen thing happens uh, but enjoy the episode thank you so much for listening to creepy campfire so, Jordan, thank you for joining me today. You know, we want to make this a pleasant experience for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand you've been you've been having some problems lately. Been real sad. Why, why don't you tell me about that? I'm just real sad. Okay. Well, on your intake form here, you uh, you mentioned seeing some strange lights in the sky. Does that have anything to do with it? Has it everything to do with it? Okay. Well, wh- why don't you tell me about that night, Jordan? Have you ever been anally probed? Um. Um. Th- this isn't about me, Jordan. Uh, wh- why don't you tell me? So. I have been anally probed. <laughs> well, now, tell me about him, Jordan. Is he, uh, how long have you been dating? Has he been a nice guy? I don't know. I saw these creatures with, like, these, you ever seen, like, Brainiac? Like, big, huge noggins, like, from their chin, they just go, like, in a V. Okay. Like, it's just, like, out like this, and their okay. brain is huge. Now, now, did things seem hazy at all? Did anyone, did anyone, um maybe slip something in your drink do you think you were seeing things were you at any bars jordan it was like the one time that i had ever met cosby um no uh, i i just remember being at a bar being at the bar at the bar at bar i remember being a bar walking are you, are you under the I'm... influence at the moment jordan we don't encourage that maybe right? a little bit okay <laughs> all right uh, no i did eat. i what did i eat franken waffle <laughs> Waffle dogs. <laughs> um, incidentally, that's what they said that they were going to get up there. Um, <laughs> uh, um, no, the I just remember being at the bar, getting my getting my uh, my whiskey sour on. Okay. And then I'm walking outside, and I, I I feel the cool air, and that's all I remember. And then lights, like bright lights. And then I woke up in my car, uh, very confused. Okay. And sore. And sore. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's about enough for this session. 
Um, I'm, I'm going to read over these notes, Jordan. But I'm still confused. <laughs> Um, you're not the only one, but it's going to be okay. Um, so that's going to be $312. I'll, uh, I'll see you next week. <laughs> hey, everybody. How's it going? How we doing? We're back at it again. I'm Ryan. Jordan. Back with the creepy campfire. So, we, Jordan and I have spent the past, like, hour just bitching about things. So I think it's just going to be good from here. Yeah, I think we should be fine. I think we should be. We got all the negative out. Uh, we do have one negative announcement to make however oh yeah um so <laughs> break it to them soft thanks to the tax season it's made some things weird as far as since we've since i won't say we've been raking in the money uh, but <laughs> but we've sold a t-shirt or two you know on the websites uh, that we the website that we typically promote um but it made taxes weird for how we got information uh so for right now we're going to temporarily shut down the site um and we're going to figure out how we want to do merch going forward. Uh, for right now, Patreon's still up and going. So if you still want to join Patreon, that's that's still there. Because I think we're going to be okay there. Um, if anything changes with that, we'll post post on Instagram and let you know. But um, yeah, so sorry about that. So the merch site's going to be temporarily down until we can figure out kind of a better solution for us. So that way we don't get screwed on our taxes. No, so. we're trying to make... Just a little bit of money. Just a little bit. <laughs> well, at this point, we're not even worried about making money. I'm just trying not to get thrown in the wrong tax bracket. And by the way, speaking of shirts and stuff like that, Sarge's Sarge's paranormal. Well, Sarge's paranormal. Um, who follows us on Instagram, repping our shirt on there, the so- one and only from <laughs> Spreadshirt. So I'm, I'm really hope you like the style, but because <laughs> that's the only one that's ever going to be made. It's it's going to be worth a lot. What's his post? What does he say in his post? He says. Hello, everyone. I hope you're enjoying my content that I've been posting as we're about to go on a wild and crazy ride together. I'd like to give a shout-out to Creepy Campfire Podcast uh, for hooking up this dope-free T-shirt. I love it. Uh, Please give them a follow and like. You might like their content. And then he goes into how his next video is going to blow you away and that he's got some cool stuff coming up. But he gave us a nice little shout-out. He's wearing our merch, and we greatly appreciate it absolutely congratulations sarge i'm just referring to your profile sarge i hope you're listening um again <laughs> thank you absolutely i didn't so, know use your name so bummer on the fact that the merch is going to be down but we're we'll figure out something to do yeah I'll get um, something else it, going. it won't take us too long no um so don't worry we'll, we'll, we'll be back at it but it seems i'm taking this episode over this is my go this time what you got for us man I've got what I've been talking about what for what seems like two months now. Mm-hmm. I've heard I've heard you refer to it. I just haven't heard anything about it. So we're talking about Richard Gallagher. So Richard Gallagher is a psychologist. We're going to go into the details of him later, but he was a psychologist who was called upon by several religious leaders um, before they went to perform rites of exorcism sure. to make sure that they weren't. Uh, performing exorcisms when really it was more of a mental illness issue that they were dealing with. So in his capacity, you're saying that this Dr. Gallagher was somewhat of an expert in in being able to discern the two, like being able to distinguish between. He he was there to, to identify what was going on and make sure that what was happening wasn't related to, to any kind of psychotic more of like a mental break. Right. Gotcha. Or any kind of mental illness or anything of the like. Or if it was beyond that, right? I see something cool. that something that couldn't be explained um, by psychology. 
He's just who they used as their expert at the time. Exactly. So gotcha. that way they wouldn't get in trouble. Because there's been some exorcisms in the past where, where after looking at the documents, um, it's it's been theorized that it, it's more of psychotic episodes that well, people are like, really dealing with. Well, I'm wondering, like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, if you're if you're actually if you actually just had a mental break, you feel like you're possessed. They get a demon out of you that's not there. Well, there. There's been a couple cases uh, where people have died during exorcism. How intense are these exorcisms? So, is it because of whatever they're doing to try to exercise it's the demon? Not, no, no. It's not that they're doing anything to the person. Yeah. Um, sometimes they do restrain um, and things like that. But it's more of like a negligence thing. I, mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of the specific case. It's a very famous one. Um, but I, I know one lady, she died. She pretty much like wasted away to nothing. So... Uh, the claim was that the parents of this girl were negligent and just let her waste away and die. Yeah. Versus getting her proper medical care. Psychological care. Yeah, that's that's on the parents, though. That's that's crazy. Right, right. So did they did they have somebody? Do you know if on that case they had somebody come in and perform an exorcism? You no, know, so that that person had like dozens of exorcisms, like dozens. Dang. Yeah. It was over a long and just period none of, of time. T- none of them took. Well, it depends on what version of the story you read. Okay. Yeah, it might be something we cover later. Um, I don't know the details. That's why I'm not giving names or anything like that. But. Yeah. I know that there's like a, a quite a few, uh, or, well, at least a handful of uh, pretty well-renowned. I mean, they make, they're making movies off of them, so mm-hmm. there's got to be something going on out there. Exactly. So this one, so we're, we're keying in here on Richard Gallagher, who mm-hmm. I think is a candidate for ter- paranormal man of the year okay i think maybe we might have a vote on that maybe like three quarters of the way through the year but or person of the year excuse me i want to be inclusive hmm. um so before we get in too much on richard gallagher and um his background and things like that um i just kind of want to talk about exorcism a little bit hmm. and who performs it so let me pull up a list of all of the faiths and religions that, that do practice exorcism. Because before I started this, the only one I know of for sure was um, was Catholicism. Catholic, yeah. So now, preface, this is from the Wikipedia page, but for basic knowledge, I think it's pretty good. Um, so exorcism is defined um, from the Greek as a religious or spiritual practice of evicting demons or other spiritual entities from a person or an area that is believed to be possessed. Well, I'm like, okay, so can I just comment? Like, Absolutely. you said that that's a good source for it. I'm like, I mean, does anybody use, unless you have a thick-ass thesaurus, <laughs> dictionary, and index Jordan's in your home, tonight. what aren't you using Wikipedia for? <laughs> well, and it's it's cross-referenced so much, yeah. and it's, it's actually been proven to have less errors than, um, I want to say, the Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah. So... I mean, you have you constantly have people contributing to it. I mean, yeah. that might not always be right, but I mean, I've they have people that that cross check it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So we're going to go in alphabetical order here. Okay. So the first faith that that practices exorcism or a form that can be considered as exorcism is uh, Buddhism. Hmm. So the ritual of exercising ghost day is a part of the Tibetan tradition. The Tibetan religious ceremony, it's called, and I'm sorry if I get this wrong, Gutor, or Gutor, uh, G-U-T-O-R, which means literally offering of the 29th, is held on the 29th 
of the 12th Tibetan month with a focus on driving out all negativity, including evil spirits and misfortunes of the past, starting the new year in a peaceful and auspicious way. So it's a... It's kind of a general thing. Culture thing. Yeah, it's like, hey, let's let's start fresh. Let's get all the crap out. And excuse me if I'm oversimplifying your religion. I do apologize, but yeah, it's well, like, I just mean it doesn't sound as intense as a traditional exorcism, would right? Be. Yeah, right. Like it's more like a a festivity almost, like that it, that, it, that it gets made into. Mm-hmm. Like you're, it's part of this whole what seems to be a well a traditional event slash mm-hmm. celebration where you're just like kind of letting that negativity go right that makes sense right and it, and it does say you know it's it's a ceremony event ceremonial event um which it makes me believe that the the negative emotions and stuff there's something tied to that so you're trying to release whatever that's tied to so that still yeah. can be considered an exorcism for sure now it's like cr- the lightest look on exorcism probably. right <laughs> probably <laughs> i'm sure right so now we got christianity which is who's thanks to movies made it famous um and I'm, and I'm blanketing Christianity, not specifically diving into Catholic exorcism versus mm-hmm. uh, Protestant exorcism. Yeah. So um, in Christianity, exorcism is the practice of casting or getting rid of demons. Uh, the practice of performing the exorcism is known. The person that practices this is known as an exorcist, often a, a high ranking member of the church, um, an individual thought to be graced. It says thought to be graced with special powers or skills, but I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Um, and that's kind of the whole Protestant versus Catholic thing. Um, but typically there's many prayers, religious material, specific sh- scriptures, um, and, and items such as the cross and holy water, holy that, are, water. that are used to, to exercise these demons. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this, the, the exorcist would arrive and, and perform these acts to try to remove the demon that's that's possessing the per- person. And they get vomited on. And then they get vomited on. <laughs> Pea soup everywhere. <laughs> Bring your tail. <laughs> so then we got Hinduism. So in Hinduism, um, in the four Vedas, the holy books for the Hindus, um, the Artharva Veda is said to contain the secrets related to exorcism, magic, and alchemy. The basic meanings of exorcism are the mantra and the yajna, sorry, <laughs> used in both Vedic and Tantric traditions. So according to Gitma Mahatmaya of Padma Purana, leading the 3rd, 7th, and ninth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita and mentally offering the result to departed persons helps them to get released from their ghostly situation. So continuous playing of mantras keeping scriptures and holy pictures of the deities in the house burning incense offerings a puja sprinkling water from holy rivers and blowing conches used in puja or so in this form we're just talking not so much demonic demonic but mm-hmm. just removing someone from a ghostly form for what that means for hinduism which mm-hmm. i am not an expert on yeah but it's still we're in all of these. It's just is that more like where you're taking the burned sage bundle around and kind of like clearing the air of? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. This one, it's more of a, a it, it's just a repetition of, mm-hmm. of specific verses of their scripture. I'm always intrigued by what they think that like 
I mean, I get that you're trying to set. It's almost like you're trying to set a mood. Kinda. <laughs> Essentially, I mean, because you got you have to get like a certain kind of smell going. You got to mm-hmm. get a certain kind of like. Yeah. Which I mean, it gets chant you, or sound going. It gets you in the right headspace. Yeah. Just period. Which I'm, I'm not against necessarily. So I can get down. You can get down. So then we have Islam. So terms for exorcism practices uh, include tard. I don't know if I said that right because there's a little thing under the T. Um, you know, I'm not even going to attempt these other ones because that'd be insulting. Um, Islamic exorcisms might consist of treating a person lying down while a sheik places a hand on a patient's head while reciting verses from the Quran, but this is not mandatory. The drinking or sprinkling of holy water, water from the Zamzam well, may well take place along with applying of clean, non-alcohol-based perfumes called as itar. So, specific verses from the Quran can be recited, which glorify God. Very similar to what the Christians do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this invokes God's help. In some cases, the adhan, which is a call for daily prayers, is also read, as this has the effect of repelling non-angelic unseen beings, or jinn, which we may talk about one day. Mm-hmm. Jinn, like, oh yeah, I don't want to no, say genie, but it's where the idea has been taken from. Yeah, no, I know the jinn. So, mm-hmm. that's the jinn. Yeah, yeah. So then we have Judaism. The Jewish exorcism ritual is performed by a rabbi who has mastered practical Kabbalah. Also present is a minion, a group of ten adult males who gather in a circle around a possessed person. The group recites Psalms 91 three times, and then the rabbi blows a shafar, or a ram's horn. So the shafar is blown in a certain way with various notes and tones, in effect to shatter the body so that the possessing force will be shaken loose. After it has been shaken loose, the rabbi begins to communicate with it and ask questions as to why it is possessing the body of the possessed. The minion, which is spelled M-I-N-Y-A-N, may pray for it and perform a ceremony for it in order to enable to feel safe so that it can leave the person's body. And then our last one is Taoism. In Taoism, exorcisms are performed because the individual has been possessed by an evil spirit for one of two reasons. The individual has disturbed a ghost, regardless of the intent, and the ghost now seeks revenge. Okay. An alive person could also be jealous and uses black magic as a revenge, thereby conjuring a ghost to possess someone. Members of the Fashi, both Chinese ritual officers and priests ordained by a celestial master, perform Chinese rituals, in particular, exorcisms. Hmm. So that's... Is that all under the... With the last couple, is that all under the Islam Islamic faith? Or did you, what did you say was the last one? Ta- Taoism? Taoism. So no, so it was... So in total, we have Buddhism, Christianity, Hinduism, Islam, Judaism, and Taoism. Judaism, Taoism. Okay. Okay. I didn't know it was that uh, wide-ranging or prevalent, I suppose. Me either. I mean, I would have assumed um, possibly Islam and Judaism just because of the big three. But they're all very... They take from the same place. Yeah. But, yeah, no, same. That's why when I found that, I was like, eh, let's probably throw this in here. But with all of those being considered, we're keying in on... Catholic exorcism because that's where the main story from this comes from. So uh, let me let me talk about specifically specifically the, the the Catholic process 
for exorcism, uh, which I got from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Mm-hmm. org. The USCCB. So there's a few questions here. If you're, if you're kind of curious on what it, what it is that they answer and the most basics, what is exorcism? Um, and they say exorcism is a specific form of prayer that the church uses against the power of the devil, which I agree with. Mm-hmm. It can be as simple as, as a, praying as a yeah. simple prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always wondered not to like throw your course off. Oh, you're good. Go for it. I'm like, so they're obviously, uh, possessions that are seem to be from um, evil or uh, or a dark mm-hmm. force or place or obviously with malintent in mind. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering. I've also seen in churches. I mean, I know that it's. Uh, this is just hear me out first there's <laughs> there's like the possession of the holy spirit mm-hmm. i know that and mm-hmm. i've seen people just completely be taken over by that and not physically be able to control themselves either mm-hmm. i'm wondering if that if letting if opening yourself up to one in such you a way makes both? you more susceptible to because i don't know if that's purely more christian catholic i feel like it is mm-hmm. but Again, I couldn't really say. I mean, it's not really my forte, but right. It's always intrigued me. From the from my side of things, from the non-denominational side that I come from mm-hmm. um, in Christianity, um, I don't know. I think that's an interesting theological debate. To be honest, I think you could have some long discussion with some preachers about it. Yeah, um, I think that. <sighs> I mean, they're completely I, I, different feelings, obviously. But I want to say yes, but not because just the fact of you opening yourself up to the Holy Spirit will do that. Yeah. But it's more of because you're doing that for a good reason that the devil or the enemy, the church likes to say nowadays, um, because the enemy, the enemy is what you'll (laughs) usually hear. Cause people, people get, people get weird when you just say devil. Yeah. They think you're cuckoo. Um, interesting. But, because you're trying to do such a good thing and be so like, like I'm here with you, God. Yeah, like you and me. They're like, no, that's not what we want. So they're going to attack you harder. Mm-hmm. So I want to say yes. Make you more of a target at the same time. Kind of, uh, but at the same time, if you if that's what you are doing and um, and that's where you're putting your faith, that I also believe that. God will protect you. Not mm-hmm. saying that nothing bad will ever happen because we all know that's not the case in the world. But all things will turn out well in the end. Yeah. That's where I'll leave that. But no, I think that's a fair question. Sidebar. Sorry. No, no. No, I mean, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah. So I think you I think you kind of argue it either way. Um, I think some people may argue you're more protected, mm-hmm. at least while if you are being possessed by the Holy Spirit. Um but I, I think I think the more you go to run to God, the more the enemy's going to try to run to be on your heels. Yeah, doesn't mean he's going to win, but you're going to get more attacks. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, I mean, I wouldn't be just yeah, not even just the statistics. I would like, I would, I mean, like, even well, I guess more statistics on potentially the similarities between the those two experiences mm-hmm. potentially and what 
I mean, obviously one's usually a little bit more short-lived. Usually it happens and then you're kind of back with the mm-hmm. group or whatever, depending on where you're at. You're oh, with. I see what you're saying. Like what happens versus one or the other. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you really aren't controlling yourself in that situation and obviously you aren't controlling yourself in this situation. Right. Well, we get, this is fun. Um, I think you get into uh, the argument of then what is a a possession when it's concerning the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, because you can be led by Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, I don't really know why I chose this, but I chose to do this, and it was best decision ever. Or I'm really glad I did that. I had no reason to do that, but something was telling me to do it, and I did it. Yeah, and it worked out, and that's being led. Um, but it's, but you know what I'm talking. about. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> when, when when people fall out or start start almost seizing essentially and then i don't it almost feels like it's got like a chain effect kind of reaction in that case yes. so depending on where we're at depends on how depends on where we're at mm-hmm. but the intensity of it will sometimes i feel like kind of magnify yeah I, you know i think there's a couple things with that i i know i don't want to say because as a believer i think god can do anything so a room full of people can fall out from feeling if if he so chooses it just surprises me that the uh, negative inter- energy that could be mm-hmm. maintained on the other side of this doesn't have that same. It doesn't have the same power. Like it might take over one mm-hmm. person, or even a family, just from the effects of that one person. Potentially, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Amityville yeah. Horror. My God, that affected a whole family. Yeah, multiple times. Mm-hmm. That's real. Um, but then I think that's kind of speaking to why i like i believe what i believe uh-huh. of like yeah he might be able to perform some tricks and stuff but nothing like what the big man can do and why i question everything <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah he might have like a little power to like kick this around kick that around but like so do we and even more so mm-hmm. it's all fun to think about and imagine especially from a i would guess i guess i would call myself a third party observer mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily being um connected to anyone or you know dedicated at least to any one specific mm-hmm. religion but, well and i think that's kind of we're talking about, okay i know we're on a bit of a tangent and looks like this is probably going to turn into a two-parter so here is, you guys this go is what we do <laughs> so this is, you know we never had two-parters now game's changing a little bit um but who cares you guys are still here for the ride with us Hell yeah so this is what people want, man. This is what the people want. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about like like putting yourself out open. Mm-hmm. I think that all has to do with like your mindset and things like that too and where your wills and things like that go. Yeah. Um, and that's personally why I don't like scary movies uh, because like, just like you might watch like a murder scary movie and then you get too paranoid about it. Now you're in that headspace. Now you're like – checking your locks and everything 18 times because mm-hmm. you watched um what's that movie you love strangers yeah same thing but with like a, a exorcist movie or a, or a, a haunting or things like that then and, and not necessarily the same thing but I, I i don't like that because i get in a fearful headspace mm-hmm. i won't do them either when when i'm like fearful like that when you have fear in general it's easy for the devil to twist it and I don't want to give him that space. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I've also had a lot of negativity in my life. And a, another big part of why is like, 
that's just negativity that I'm inviting by watching this and scaring the crap out of me. Yeah. I don't get a rush out of it like some people do, like a roller coaster rush. I'm cool. I'll watch something else. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I don't I'm not one that like actively seeks out every scary movie that comes out. In fact, I haven't really watched one since mm-hmm. The Strangers. It kind of it kind of killed it for me. Yeah. Like genre-wise. <laughs> Just because of like how suspenseful it is and stuff like that, but I don't, the the reality of how the the potential evil that can be just thought up by some people and the strangers and stuff like that, the reality of what some people's depths descend to scares the ever loving shit out of me. Yeah. But still not as much as the potential of, like, I don't even know where this is. Like, I refuse to watch exorcism movies and stuff like that. I got mm-hmm. close with, like, a Constantine with uh, 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 Neo. Um, <laughs> the one, yeah, yeah. Keanu I, Reeves. I got you. And that was a lot for me. Like, mm-hmm. the possession aspects of it and the exorcism aspects of it, I was like, oh, I think this it's a lot. As, as, a, as a believer... And I think we're just, this is just going to be, this, uh, guys, this isn't going to be a, the Christian versus the non-Christian podcast. No, I know no. it seems like that because of the biblical episode series we just went through. Well, it's not like wherever, like verses anyways, no. we're all just like. But like at the end of the day, we're talking about ghosts a yeah. lot. And yeah. we're talking about things on the quote other side mm-hmm. a lot. Um, So I, we just, I, I keep reminding you of where I'm coming from because I want you to know my bias, but at the same time, I understand there's other philosophies, and I want you to know I respect them. Yeah. Because a lot of people coming from my bias don't, and I don't think that's fair. I Personally, my religion tells me to respect them, so that's what I'm doing. Yeah. But And, and, and vice versa. I mean, there's a lot absolutely. of people that from on the outside looking in, they're just like, refuse to make any sense of it and refuse to open themselves up to mm-hmm. another way of thinking or mm-hmm. like even just being accepting of another person's way of thinking. Right. I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to follow that same. I don't have to hate you just because I don't believe the same thing. Everybody's different, dude. Like, yeah. It's what makes us all right. enjoy each other. Absolutely. Come on. But where I'm coming from with it as far as that, uh, what you were just talking about is I think the media has kind of and I'm, we're not going into the discussion of the media being a tool of the devil because that really makes me sound off the rails. Um, but uh, movies and shows and things like that, um, I feel like build up uh, uh, the, the devil and demons and stuff to have more power than they actually do versus the scripture that that concept is even based on. Mm-hmm. That, like a, that's like a, a real exorcism next to a, a movie-fied well, not, exorcism? Well, not just the real event, because you're getting both sides. Because you're getting holy people um, fighting that. So mm-hmm. you're getting both sides of the coin with that. But I'm talking specifically just the devil, the demons, the underworld people, and what they can do. Yeah. I f- because it makes a better story, so they beef up the things that they can do. Um, Best and, depiction still to this day, little Nikki. Just <laughs> <laughs> for a laugh. I'm ashamed to say that's on my haven't seen list. No, oh, dude, you'd love it. I'm saying there. Come on, man. I, I believe it. I just, it's, it's. Mm, I don't know. Cassandra's seen it, hasn't she? I, I'm sure she has. I know she has. Yeah, I know she. Has. I'm sure she, she has. She's gonna get you. She's gonna get you. But I'm not opposed. But I, I think that that media has built that that side of it up because. A story is more interesting when 
the the two opposing teams are closer in um, um, skill. Mm-hmm. But if you read the 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 religious text that those that the demons and devil and everything are based off of, yeah, um, that they they come from. We've talked about it here on here before, but there's the story of when Jesus met the possessed person, and he was like, "Y'all can leave." And they were like, no, don't just get rid of us. Like, send us to the pigs. And he like, boom, okay. And then boom, they were in the pigs. And end of story. It's a very short scripture. Like, you could blink and go through it. But so much happens in that little bit of time. But it's not interesting to build a whole movie off of that mm-hmm. unless there's some kind of conflict that makes it hard for Jesus to be able to do that. Yeah. So that's that's my beef with, with that because I feel like for people that aren't well-versed and um, in whatever scripture you believe in that does have these types of entities, because there's there's the same same thing I feel like happens in in Eastern religions as well, but they beef up what the demonic forces can do compared to what they actually can. Oh yeah, you got to make money. And then I'm not cool with that either because I feel like that gives them more power. And then for the people that don't know. That's just what they assume happens, and I feel like those people are more susceptible to it. So I'm like, that's really not cool, and I'm not okay with. Again, I'm not saying the media is like a force of the devil. I loves my anime and all my shows, but it's a misconception. Long, long circle. It's a misconception. Mm-hmm. So you gotta keep the wheels turning. Yeah, yeah. So you got anything else on that? I think we're done with that tangent. Okay. I think we're good. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Moving on. So back to the, I forgot their, their name even at this point, United <laughs> States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Mm-hmm. Back to their Q&A about exorcism. Um, it is mentioned in scripture, in Christian scripture, exorcism. Like I just talked about, for example, Jesus casting out the demons from a person to a, a, a herd of pigs. So exorcism did happen in the Bible because sometimes people will just preach things and sound good doing it. And it's like, Oh, okay. That's part of my faith. And it's like, that's not based in anything of this book. And this Mm -hmm. book is where we got this from. Yeah. So that's just letting people know this is based in this book. So are there different kinds of exorcism is, is another question that they pose. And there are, there, there's two, there's a minor and a major exorcism. So, um, or I'm sorry, a simple, well, I guess it's still called a minor. Simple and extreme. <laughs> Flames everywhere. Yeah. Bring gallons of holy water. So in the in the first in the simple exorcisms, people can just simply can recite the prayers, like a lot of other texts and mentioned. So they mm-hmm. can just recite the prayers. Um, they might be specific. They might not. Sometimes it's said that even just reciting anything from quote the good book is enough to just piss them right off. Mm-hmm. And be like I'm not down with this. But the second kind is a, is a major exorcism, which is a rite that can only be performed, um, again, in the Catholic faith, only can be performed by a bishop or by a, pr- a priest with special permission expressed from the bishop. And for the bishop is high up in, in the, the, what do you call that, the hierarchy mm-hmm. of the Catholic Church. Like that's, I think above that's only like cardinal bishop. Mm-hmm. So... Apologies if I'm wrong, but either way, it's above priest. Yeah. So it's 
you got to go high up before you can even do this. The Catholic Church it's goes. not like you can just knock on the door and be like, hey, I need an exorcism, and they're out there two days from now. Yeah. Like, they got to run it through the chain before they can do this. Mm-hmm. So then they ask, when and how is an afflicted member of the faithful referred to an exorcist? So it's important that they follow a protocol for this, which is why they run it through the bishop. So as a part of the protocol, they assess um, the demonically afflicted, afflicted. Um, the assessment includes uh, thorough examination medically, psycho- psychologically, and of the psych- psychiatric testing before a person is finally determined to be demonically possessed. So you have to go through all these hoops, make sure, hey, you're, we're not going to do this because you're just having seizures. Or, hey, you just have schizophrenia. We're not doing this. Mm-hmm. So they have to go through all of those tests before the, the church will officially agree to do that. And that is current day. Um, I'm not sure for the history of that and how long they have been practicing in that. Yeah. But that's current day. And exorcisms have been on the rise in the past, like, five years. Fun fact. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't see a statistic about that. Yeah. Because I didn't say, I don't think that they, I didn't think that they were, like, hugely common. Like, I'm like, how often are people getting possessed? Yeah, I, w- I mean, I wouldn't say hugely. I would just say it's it has been on the rise. Yeah. Like, there is, it's, it's been growing. Mm-hmm. So they asked how frequently is a major exorcism performed. Um, the frequency of exorcism is determined um, by the credible need for the right. So that's why it's important to establish this and go through the protocol. So through the centuries, the church has moved cautiously when evaluating alleged cases of demonic possession. Um, the reasoning behind this is not to deny people this who need it. It's just to make sure they're not doing things improperly. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, there's a, there's a protocol right. to these things. So then we get to the who may perform these various types of exorcisms. Um, so the the minister of a minor exorcism is the designated authorized minister of the sacrament or blessing being celebrated. Uh, thus the prayers, several different prayers can be, be mentioned, like I said earlier, um, but the rite of major exorcism is to be celebrated only by a bishop or a priest, again, who's been given the permission by the bishop. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does somebody even become a priest who can exercise? Uh, you, you must be appointed to the office, either on a stable basis or for a specific occasion by a bishop themselves, and then you need to go through a, a strict course study and 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 things like that to to be able to perform that i wonder if that's all just more reading if it's more study it is study. study i think there's some apprenticeship involved in that um and people who have done it in the i know there's conferences where where people will, will explain things that they've seen and what's happened there yeah Uh, So what ritual symbols are used in exorcisms and what do they symbolize, they ask. Um, So in in addition of the use of Psalms, uh, which is a specific book in the Bible, it's all prayers. Um, It's all prayers and it's, it's a weird book to read. It's not, like, it's not a story. It's not, it's sporadic and it's emotional but the purpose for that is if you're pissed and you still want to talk to God about you being pissed even at him there's a something you can find in there about that and you're like I relate to that and I'm pissed right now and I can be and I'm allowed to be because a lot of times you're just like oh I can't be mad at God it's like no you can yeah 
Um, but it's very emotional, very, um, it's a different book to read if you've never read anything out of it before. Um, but they read out of Psalms. Not your, not your typical scripture. Right. Not what you would expect. Mm-hmm. So they, to begin with, uh, they use uh, water that is blessed and they sprinkle that recalling the centrality of the new, new life the afflicted person received during baptism if they've been baptized. The imposition of hands, as well as the breathing on the person's face by the exorcist, reaffirms the power of the Holy Spirit at work in the person as a result of their baptism, confirming him or her as a temple of God, because you believe your body itself is a te- treat your body like a temple. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, the cross. So we got holy water, reading out the book, um, laying hands on someone or breathing on them, um, and the cross. Those are the the tools. So not handcuffs. So you can handcuff them to the bed while they're freaking out. Not nails or anything weird. Traditionally. Traditionally. Uh, Many cases of exorcism are kept confidential for the integrity of the afflicted person's reputation because it's obviously not something you want getting around. No. Um I was possessed last week. All right, no big deal. <laughs> like either people are going to think you're crazy that no, don't believe. Now. I'm good. Or if they do believe, they're like, "Oh, I don't want to be around you. You was around devils." Yeah. You crazy? I feel like you will never be the same after that. Like if something like that happens, I feel like you. There's no really. No, back but it could 100%. be for the better though. As long as you came out of that okay on the other side. Yeah. Like I feel like it would be for the better because you experienced how bad that could be. And still got brought out of that dark place. Well, yeah, I'm wondering, like, if if the uh, if said possessed person is conscious. Uh, I mean, and I'm sure it, the the account uh, differs from situation to situation. But I mean, if if the person is coherent and aware of what's going on, whilst this other entity is in control, mm-hmm. or if they're completely gone and then they just come back once the exorcism is gone. Or if it's different every time, or I got I got to think about that. So, and in the majority of cases I've read about or listened to be described in detail in other podcasts, yeah. Um, while a person is being demonically possessed, typically they don't know what's happening, don't remember what's happening, mm-hmm. um, and we'll read about that a little bit in one of the cases I'm going to talk about. I, I don't know if it's necessarily a blackout, but they don't remember what they did. Yeah. Um, after being inter- interviewed after the case. Now, skeptics argue that, well, that's because they were faking it. So if they were faking that, then, of course, they're just going to act like, oh, yeah, I don't know what happened. So there's some debate about it. But if you believe this is happening, then, yeah, they don't, they, they kind of black out. And then when they're not experiencing direct, because I think there's kind of levels. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to there's cities. yeah there's like totally possessed and then there's what I call being attacked because even when they're not experiencing these full demonic episodes there's still like a heavy air of melancholy and there's they seem depressed and mm-hmm. like or, or irritable or mood swingy and I know all these things can be described of as, as mental problems but who's to say those mental problems aren't being brought on by these things in general some outside force so I like it when science and and belief can intertwine and mm-hmm. be the same thing. Like, who's to say? Isn't that the age-old debate? <laughs> science and 
Well, it's, it's, it feels like we're in a world of like, it's either this or uh, that religion. Exactly. And it's like, why can't there be an and yeah, like a person can have, um, I don't want to use someone else's example. Um, I can have a problem that is scientific and, and I can scientifically document what's happening with that problem. Mm-hmm. But who's to say that the origin of that isn't still from a spiritual force? Um, like, like something called it like a spiritual curse. Have you ever heard of some, uh, of a, or no, I'm sorry, not a spiritual curse, a, um, generational, a generational curse. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, it, like in movies and stuff. It, yeah. <laughs> so like, there's like people refer to generational curses. Usually it's referred to like, oh yeah, they're always going to like have bad luck or they're yeah. always going to be poor. That sort of thing. But why can't a generational curse also be a family history of cancer or heart disease? It's generation by generation. Yes, we know that it's because of a certain DNA structure that's in that family line that's passed down. Yeah. Who's to say that was put, was still like, wasn't put there by something evil? Mm-hmm. You know? I don't know. That's that's me, but. That's why we ask these questions. Exactly. So, I, I mean, I think things can be intertwined like that. Yeah. But what you were saying as far as like the people are they cognizant of what's happening typically not when they're in that intense state yeah but they can come down from it potentially yeah in we've kept you guys waiting long enough so richard gallagher he studied psychology at princeton um he is a train he's trained in psychology and and at yale um and a psychoanalysis at columbia so he, he had released an article at the Washington Post, which is where I'm pulling this from and where I've seen majority of information. Um, it, it's kind of where he kind of spilled the beans. He also posted something to um, the New Oxford Review, which... Um, oh, I was just reading into that while you were in the bathroom. Is that the one with Matt or with this... Uh, this is on the Washington Post? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah, I'm on that too. I like the way he talks. Yeah. Or writes at least. So I'm going to read from from the article that he had posted from uh, to to the Washington Post. So, okay, cool. Um, that background in his referring to his education is why a Catholic priest had asked my professional opinion, which I offered pro bono about whether this woman was suffering from a mental disorder. This was at a height of the national panic about Satanism. Did you want to preface? So the, satan- <laughs> so the satanic panic, I, I can't remember the exact time period. I, w- I want to say 70s, 80s. Yeah, I think he refers to like the 80s about like, yeah. like that being the... And, and which it was the time when um, all these cults, satanic cults were being found. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say all of these because it makes it sound like there was a ton, but they were being they were found. There. there were movies um, being being put out about them, and pretty much all of America was losing their shit. Mm-hmm. thinking that every other every fourth person was a satanist and everyone was kind of freaking out a little bit kind of like the the communist panic mm-hmm. kind of the same deal so it was at the height of all of this that that this uh uh past not pastor um that this this catholic priest came and, and got his attention so back to the article so i was inclined to skepticism but my subject's behavior exceeded what i could explain with my training she could tell some people their secret weaknesses, such as undue pride. She knew how individuals she never had known had died, including my mother and her fatal case of ovarian cancer. 
Six people later vouched to me that during her exorcisms, they heard her speak multiple languages, including Latin, completely unfamiliar to her outside of her trances. This was not psychosis. It was what I can only describe as paranormal ability. I conclude that she was possessed. And much later, she permitted me to tell her story. End quote. Even though she permitted him to tell her story, um, she, he still changed her name. Um, he referred to her as Julia. This is a woman that was self-proclaimed uh, witch. Yes. So this lady, I'll give you a little background information before we continue to read his article. Um, so he was approached by this, this priest to come help him for the exorcisms for this lady. Um, the, a few th- weird things started happening from the get. Uh, the night before he went to meet her, his cats at his home like lost their mind and like got into a like fight, and they've never done that. They've always been house cats. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets there, and the first thing out of her mouth was, yeah, how about those cats last night? I never met this woman. Interesting. Um, and then that's also when, like, in, in speaking with her, that's when she's like, oh, yeah, and your mom, not only did I know she died, she I know how she died. It's like, how would she have any clue yeah. to this lady's death? Um, so weird things from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And this lady, she she's older. I think she's in her late thirties. Um, it's not like a sixteen year old girl or anything. But she was a part. Uh, she said herself was a part of a, a satanic religion. Yep. Um, and was she believed herself to be possessed by the devil, mm-hmm. which is well. I mean, it's kind of weird when you when it's somebody. So it's like again, there's. You're couple, like, isn't that the point of why you were there? So why are you mad about it? Yeah, well, and there's because a couple of different ex- there's a couple of different extremes. Yeah, yeah, like if she if she's walking and talking on a day to day basis, like she knows that she's possessed by the devil, but she doesn't have these like episodes where she's like speaking in tongues or different mm-hmm. languages or something like that. At least not yet. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy how they all develop like that too. These cases, like, because they might go from somebody who claims to be possessed by mm-hmm. them. Sp- speaks things that don't necessarily make sense and stuff like that mm-hmm. to where well, obviously she's going to end up going through a more intense exorcism where she's spelling well, out all these those, languages. And I think these things still happen, but I think the ri- reason for the rise in intensity is they're being confronted. Yeah. So it's like you got, you know, any animal, like an animal that's got its back in the corner, it's, it's going to lash out harder than it's ever done in its life. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why you get a little, rise in what occurs but yeah because like at what point do you like somebody you might have known all your life you're like i gotta take her in because she's not acting like herself Mm -hmm. i think she might be possessed like well i think it's a gradual decline yeah because like we were talking about when you're not fully 100 like actively being possessed there's still an oppressive atmosphere around that person yeah and you start getting getting those signs for lack of a better word Mm -hmm. so all right Back into this this situation. So the priest who asked for my opinion of this bizarre case was the most experienced exorcist in the country at the time, an erudite and sensible man. I had told him that, even as a practicing Catholic, I wasn't likely going to go in for a lot of this hocus-pocus. So he is religious, and he does cop to that, Um, specifically to the faith behind this. Although he has been asked um, by multiple faiths, Islamic, um, Jewish, different faiths, not just Catholicism, to, to accompany them for their exorcisms. Richard Gallagher, specifically? S- specifically Richard Gallagher. Okay. 
So the priest then replied after that, Well, unless we thought you were not easily fooled, we would hardly have wanted you to assist us. It's like, yeah, we know you're not going for this, and that's more of why we want you here. Mm. So they began an unlikely partnership. For the past two and a half decades, over several hundred consultations, I have helped clergy from multiple denominations and faiths through episodes of mental illness. I'm sorry, filter episodes of, of mental illness, which represent the overwhelming majority of the cases, from literally, he calls, the devil's work. It's an unlikely role for an academic physician, but I don't see these two aspects of my career in conflict. The same habits that shape what I do as a professor and psychiatrist, open-mindedness, respect for the evidence, and compassion for the suffering people led me to aid in the work of discerning attacks by what I believe are evil spirits, just as critically, differentiating these extremely rare events from medical conditions. Okay. So now I'm going to pull, uh, this is an article from ncregister.com. Um, this is where it goes in a little more depth of uh, Julia's case, the lady mm -hmm. who's possessed. So he says that Julia was obvious. Um, she referred herself as the high priestess, priestess of a satanic cult that looked the part with dark flowing, dark flowing clothing and black eyeshadow. However, it was not how she looked, but what she did that revealed her evil group. Because eyeshadow, while maybe distasteful, isn't evil. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, that's depending on how you use it, I suppose. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So Gallagher said her life was filled with the paranormal. The night before I first saw her, our cats went wild in the middle of the night. When I met her the next day, she asked me, Dr. Gallagher, how'd you like those cats? He didn't like that one bit. He said, I told her if she was ever involved in anything like that again, I would refuse to assess her for her exorcist. He said, another time, I was talking on the phone with her priest about having a session with her, and Julia's voice came over the phone, screaming at the priest in a demonic voice. At the time, she was thousands of miles away. They're having a private two-way phone call, and her voice comes blaring through the phone. Hmm. And the demonic tones they heard during her exorcisms. Julia was more than just creepy, according to Gallagher. She was a mystery. Although she had requested an exorcism, she was still actively involved in the cult. Julia was perfectly aware that she was possessed and did not like that, he said. It turned out that she refused to leave the cult, so she was not someone who was going to be helped. But she was also afraid of the cult. She was torn. Gallagher said it was an open question. Did Julia really want help, or did she just want to cause a lot of trouble for the priests? Kind yeah, of, kind I of could a, see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's maybe unintentionally, but I feel like it's almost like the same thing that someone that's involved in like a, a, a abuse situation goes through. Yeah, where they don't want to leave, but you're obviously in a bad situation. But it's they still have this tugging thing keeping them there. Mm -hmm. Some kind of anchor. So now we're going to go into the exorcisms. It was the most amazing case I've ever been involved in or heard of in the modern era. Gallagher said. Julia was willing to talk with me and gave me permission to write her story. He was an integral part of support teams of priests, deacons, uh, lay assistants, nuns, and other mental health professionals as well. Many would attend Julia's exorcisms. They all met in the chapel of a house. In his New Oxford Review he published in 2008, which is the original place he, he had reported all of this, he explained that team members observed Julia periodically fall into trances accompanied by threats and taunts such as quote leave her alone you idiot she's ours leave you imbecile priests 
end quote. The voice was sometimes guttural and vaguely masculine and high-pitched at other times. Julia's comments usually expressed hatred for anything religious. Animal-like growls, unhuman-like sounds also came from her. Sometimes objects flew off the shelves, and Julia knew things about team members she had no natural way of knowing. Gallagher wrote, At one point, the voices spoke in foreign languages, including recognizable Latin and Spanish. Julia had claimed to only know English. Obviously, this is something that could be disputed. She could have been faking mm -hmm. out of the trances. Um, but the voices were noticeably attacking in nature and often insolent, blasphemous, and highly scatological. They cursed and insulted the participants in the crudest way. They were frequently threatening, try, trying, it appeared, to fight back. They would say, leave her alone, you'll be sorry, and things like that. Gallagher said, Julia also exhibited enormous strength. Despite the religious sisters and three other, and when it says religious sisters, referring to the nuns. Mm -hmm. um, so three nuns, or despite the nuns and three others holding her with all their might, they struggled to restrain her. Remarkably, for about 30 minutes, she actually le levitated about half a foot in the air. Julia had eight exorcisms in all. Gallagher was quoted saying, true, true possession can sometimes be taken care of in one exorcism, but other times it can take years. It can depend on the willingness of the victims to help themselves. The exorcism makes the demonic hold on the person weaker, but the person's response also influences the outcome. End quote. Hmm. Even though she was still possessed, Julia quit after eight sessions. She was conflicted, Gallagher said. She enjoyed some of the power she had. A year after Julia dropped out, she called Gallagher and asked him to intervene with exorcists so that she could resume. He said, why do you want to come back? Julia was dying of cancer. Gallagher offered to discuss her request with the team, but I told her that I would need to talk with her oncologist as well as the priest exorcist to get the state of her health and diagnosis. But we never heard from her again. We think she died. That's after the initial eight? That's after the initial eight. So she quit, tapped out, and then a long time passed, and she got back with him and was like, hey, I want you to start this up again. And he found out, oh, she's dying of cancer. I don't even know if this is a healthy thing to be putting her body through. Yeah. Um, and then they never heard from her, and they, they assumed that she died. That's unfortunate they don't have a uh, an actual uh, account of where she is. Of what now. happened to like her? Like, specifically where she is yeah. now, or what happened, yeah. I don't know, man. I think it's one of those things. I mean, I, I feel like, from what I've heard about it, she was... Um, it sounds like she didn't really put roots down anywhere other than at this cult. Yeah. It's hard to know what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, as modern technology is today, granted this was, I believe, in the 80s, still, it you can still just disappear. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a, a network of people checking in on you all the time, you can just fade away. Yeah, if you don't have, you know, your social norms, your social security, mm -hmm. stuff like that, all in yeah. check. Yeah. So Richard Gallagher, he went through with this. He watched all the rites, um, everything performed. One, just to be a witness to make sure nothing bad was happening to this lady. But between the voices that weren't natural, the languages, um, nothing, nothing seemed to point to mental illness to him about this case. I'm wondering if that's where they got the uh, inspiration for that original Exorcist movie. Not this one. No. No, there is a specific one for that. Actually, and actually, it was, a, it was a boy that that one, they changed it to a girl for the oh. movie. Yeah. 
Okay. So then here's a couple quotes of Gallagher just for the work that, in general that he's done because um, he's seen hundreds of these cases. Julia's just was one of the, the ones that had the most activity that he had mm-hmm. seen. Stood out. Um, he said these people suffer through possession, but a lot of people suffer. God is not causing it, but he allows fallen angels to have some sway in the world. Some of it involves the fact that we have free will, free will to do good and free will to do spectacular evil. As a doctor, he sees his work as a duty to help relieve suffering in the world, just as Jesus showed us in Scripture. Jesus was clearly the most effective exorcist in history, he said. He used miracles as well as driving out demons as signs of his power. The church still uses that power to this day. And that's the end of this article with the NC Register. Okay. But yeah, he's, he's done hundreds if not more cases of these and, and there were some other weird things from various articles I read um, with Julia's case. Like she would, um, she would speak these other languages and claim to not know them later. And um, they would also say things to her because um, often, if you if you sometimes you'll say something God related, uh, and they'll just act like they didn't hear you, and they won't receive it. And then they're like, "Okay, is there? Are they just plain stupid?" So. Other than saying it, they'll just they'll write it down and hold it up to have them answer it, and they'll still get a "Why are you holding up a blank piece of paper?" Hmm. response from them. And it's hard with exorcisms because it's again you can continue and continue and continue to argue. Okay, that person's faking it. It's you could hold up the New York Times and I can still be like, "Why are you holding up? Why, why are you holding up an elephant?" Yeah, you know I can say whatever I want to say, mm-hmm. but it's the people that are sitting there in those shoes experiencing it they're getting the weird feeling from it that I still want to believe because I don't think people naturally just want to make this kind of stuff up what do you get out of that you look like a crazy person for like speak if this is true speaking the truth why would you want to make it up and seem like a crazy person which makes me want to look into successful cases of exorcisms and Mm -hmm. how those people fare afterwards I mean, a lot of them that I've read about is they just go on living their life. When it's done, it's done, and it's really about it. I would feel some sort of way about something taking over my body temporarily. Yeah. That's for sure. Figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, that sounds... I mean, as you said, they've done a pretty good job of painting the pictures and movies and stuff like that because that's not something that I've everything that you listed off is stuff that I've like even I haven't even seen an exorcism movie specifically and I those all sound like specific symptoms like yeah. stuff that I've like seen in I was in constant like mm-hmm. that kind of thing but um yeah I that's one of those things where like you there's certain stuff that you don't venture into because you just don't you don't you don't mess with it you don't uh, play with that yeah I want to be in that room I'll play that shit sometimes. Well, and that's why we it, it's kind of taken us a long time to even talk about mm-hmm. this on the show. And there's many exorcist cases that are real weird. Oh, yeah. Um, but this, is, this might be open in Pandora's box. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we'll, we'll definitely do some other ones because there's, there's some particular ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I, I liked this one because we could talk about a weird one. Yeah. And then at the same time 
give a good backstory on what it is, where it came from, why and how it's used. I think this is a pretty good intro into uh into the topic. Into the topic, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to say it. <laughs> into that topic that we've been avoiding for so long. Well, another thing is is not in and in, mm, it's not avoiding out of fear. No. Because I'm a being, Well, it's fear. It's a little fear of the unknown. But. Well, it's more of caught. It's just caution. Yeah. You you can be cautious and you can want to do things. It's more of I want to do it in a smart way. Mm-hmm. Um I don't want to do things out of fear because I believe fear gives these things power. Um, it's, it's a mindset. You're giving your mindset over. Yeah. But it's just more of caution and for a person that gets tongue-tied or says the wrong words from time to time, being cautious of how I say things. True. And not wanting to put the wrong thing out there. Well, I'm just glad that, that it's being talked about. Yeah. I feel like it's not a a very prevalent topic in mm-hmm. this day and age even though it's like you said it's even on the rise um I mean the reality of it is it's just like any other um I mean I'm not to equate a demonic possession to uh mental um illness illness or uh yeah not to not to exactly lump them in together mm-hmm but like, if you don't talk about it, you're giving it just as much power, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, it just depends on how you do it, and in a constructive space, and yeah, that's what we're here to do. That's right. Yeah. So that's our intro into exorcisms and a brief summary on Richard Gallagher. Check yeah. him out. He's written a couple books. I want to buy one and read it. I want to look into some more of his. It's some more of experiences. Yeah, I want to. I want to check it out because I feel like it's it would be a good read. I've read a lot of articles on the dude. Yeah. Um, a lot of them will say kind of the same things. Um, oh, speaking of that, I've got one more article. I know this is a, this is probably going to actually be a one ep- one episode, just a really long one. Yeah. Uh, but before we totally wrap everything up, now that we've covered the case, read some of the articles he's put out, uh, there's a, a critic's article um, from, from the nest.com. Oh, is this the guy that you said disproves him? Yeah, that they, they kind of go through and just... Or at least challenges. Yeah, for lack of a better way to put it, they just kind of shit on everything that he said. Yeah. So so they mentioned a John Mack, who was a Harvard psychologist, who they said it fell for his patient's own delusions. Um, he came to believe some of his patients were actually abducted by aliens. He was never, never able to provide any compelling evidence of this, just their testimony. But despite being a medical, a professional in mental health, he lacked the skeptical skill set necessary to see these errors. And they're claiming that we have the same thing here with Richard Gallagher. So the person that wrote this article said, I am sometimes questioned by the well-meaning but confused scientists who do not understand the role that scientific skepticism plays in society. Isn't science itself enough? Aren't all scientists skeptical, or at least they should be? He proposes. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with that, to be honest. Um, I, I just think because of the word skeptical is the part that I have a problem with. I was going to say, skeptical, I mean, in what context? Like, right. Of what? Of right. religion? I mean, that's that seems like the most obvious comparison. Because I feel like if, if the way he phrases this, he or she, I'm not sure who wrote this article, yeah. phrases this, it sounds like if there's no proof, then it can't be a thing. Mm-hmm. But if that's the case, then why would any scientist, physicist, or anything 
pursue anything that could be. Yeah. Why would Einstein go after theories of relativity? Everything starts with a theory. Yeah. And not necessarily trying to prove it or disprove it. There's a scientific process for a reason that's escaping me, even though they beat it in their heads in the fourth grade. Um, but <laughs> we continue. We continue. Yeah. So he points out um, a section of his reading uh, where he had said he was uh, inclined to skepticism but before going in to mm-hmm. this. Um, they said he might be more inclined towards cynicism rather than skepticism. And they said that he doesn't understand the principles of skepticism. Who doesn't? Gallagher. Uh, they say he goes um, from that fallacy to, con- to confusing unexplained with unexplainable. He makes the argument from ignorance to fill in the alleged gap with his preferred belief, demonic possession. This is a very common true believer trifecta, which is often wrapped in faux skepticism. How many people did you have there exhibiting the same or like watching the same thing going on? Like, obviously the guy's not making stuff up. Exactly. So he quoted that article again, and this is all quoting from his his Washington Post article. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so quote from that article again, for the past two and a half decades and several hundred consultations, I've helped clergy from multiple denominations and faith to filter episodes of mental illness. Um, this person argues, this is another common fallacy. Um, I call to, to residue effect. Sure. Most UFO sightings are fake or misinterpreted, but there are a few cases that cannot be explained. Those cases are real. So he's saying by the fact that we can't prove um, that this wasn't fake, then it must be real. It's either one or the other mm-hmm. is what he's saying is the argument from that. Um, and he's claiming, you know, that logic is invalid. And I, I, I just feel he's missing the point. The point is not saying this is real or it's not real. It's saying this is what the guy experienced. What he experienced is real. You can't say that's not real. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's an unfair argument to make. And if it's, let's broaden it to, oh, we have a case that might be a Bigfoot, so we can't explain that it isn't Bigfoot, so then it must be. Well, it still might not. It might be something different, but I think the main draw of it is we can't explain it. That's kind of cool that we can't explain it. That's what this whole podcast is based on, the stuff we can't explain, and that's kind of cool. Well, yeah, it's like this This critic has like a like a problem with the gray area. <clears throat> right. Right. That's where we all live. That's where we reside. Yeah. Trying to make the best out of either <laughs> either way. But So then he has he has a, a dispute with what Gallagher calls evidence. So quoting back from that article, a possessed individual may suddenly in a type of trance voice statements of astonishing venom and contempt for religion while understanding and speaking various foreign languages previously unknown. Um, so he then says, I have uh, heard patients voice statements of astonishing venom. I'm sure Gallagher knows that mental ill does not mean ignorant or unintelligent. I have met patients who have had an uncanny social sense and other people's vulnerabilities. Um, if you spend a lot of your your mental time thinking you are possessed, you'll probably get good at acting like it. I'm sorry, I added in acting. You will probably get good at at You will probably get good at it. So he's pretty much calling it a parlor trick. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't think knowing his mom died of ovarian cancer when you've had no contact with the person or anyone that knows him is a parlor trick. I just don't see why any one person who potentially has gone through this 
would want to. That's my thing. Who? What do you? Who volunteers for that? Or signs up for that? Yeah. Now, granted, Gallagher. I mean, Gallagher made a book of this. He's made money off of this. Um, but he's also as a psychiatrist for Yale mm-hmm. and has been educated at, I believe, Princeton and Oxford. And Why would like you want to put your that high status of a professional reputation yeah. in jeopardy? Well, it's not like he's, you know, trying to claiming that he's, you know, end all be all. Mm-hmm. I'm the exorcist, mm-hmm. uh, exorcist's main, like helper. Like I, yeah, nobody else can tell but me. Mm-hmm. Like he's not. He's not, just saying these, the this is the skill set I have that I have spent a lot of my life training for and experienced in. And then he literally put his experiences out there. Exactly. He was an expert in something. He used his expertise. That's all you can do. <laughs> and then he reported what happened. Yeah. So now, and that's all I'm going to read from that article. And not saying you shouldn't be skeptical or critical, I think is a better word, mm-hmm. of, of any of these stories or of anything happening to you, period. Um, but I, th- I think when you, you fall into, th- this person sounds like a, a cynic to me. Mm-hmm. And they're, it's just whatever comes out of their mouth that's not numbers is a lie I, or, I guess or I don't, a misconception yeah i guess i just don't understand what like why people take the time to refute something like that where obviously do you have any evidence to the contrary right no what's your problem yeah you just you just have a problem with the with what he said or mm-hmm. the what what he did. Well, and I think it's more of a like a, I have a problem because from their personal beliefs they think that he is a misleading person and he's misleading the the masses. Yeah, which I understand why he would feel some type of way because earlier in the episode I feel some type of way about that with yeah. with how demons have been portrayed in media. Mm-hmm. So I get that, but that being said, he is arguing things that he's saying hey i saw this this is what i experienced in front of a lot of other witnesses and individuals yeah and there's constructive feedback there's you know there's not just poo-pooing something immediately Mm -hmm. there's you know learning more about it first asking the source like whatever starting the original article like in the beginning of it he's like i've done a lot of these and in almost every single case there's mental illness involved that's the origin for this Mm mm-hmm I'm now going to tell you about the 1% that that's not the case for. Yeah. I mean, he says that he vetted a bunch of them. Yeah. A lot of them was illness, like mm-hmm. mental illness, which I could see. Which is what's cool about this to me. Just like alien stories. Mm-hmm. If 1% of those are true. That's all it takes. That's enough. That's if, all it takes. If one single story is true, guess what? Eight, boom, aliens are real. Yeah. Oh, you suck. You just need one. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know that that the whole time reading it, I'm just like, you just sound bitter, mm-hmm. but I, it, it's arguments that I felt we still needed to go over to do our due diligence. No, I appreciate that. Um, I like seeing both sides, but again, I have no issue with someone being critical. I've tried to be critical this whole time saying, yes, they spoke in multiple languages at the same time. I understand they could have previously known them. Mm hmm. But I have no issue with being critical. I do not like when you're just going to sit there and poo-poo everything. Yeah. Without even giving it a chance. Yeah. So. I'm like, have you been possessed before? You don't really know yourself either. <laughs> you don't know. But that's our that's our intro to exorcism in our very long-winded discussion episode. Yeah, that was, that was a good little tangent, tangent worth. 
I think it was good. I don't think it was too tangenty. I mean, all the questions you asked that we kind of got off on something about, like they're related to it. Yeah. And they're different aspects of it. And I, I like this because when you do ask those questions, I feel like you ask the questions um, that our listeners would have mm-hmm. or that other people that might be overhearing a conversation where people assume everyone's on the same page want to ask, but they're too afraid to ask because they don't want to sound stupid. Just curious myself. Yeah, just, just ask. Just ask the questions, man. Yeah. Again, that's why we do this. Yeah. But I think we'll call that one a, a do. Yeah. Um, next week, I believe we're going to have a guest. Yeah, hopefully we can get Andy on. He's going to talk about uh, morphic resonance. Morphic resonance. I morphic resonance. Called, yeah. Uh, which is an interesting concept. It's way above our belt um, on, on, on the science spectrum. Yeah. Uh, but it, it doesn't mean it's not going to be interesting and, f- and, and fun to talk about. Oh, yeah. So I think it's just more we haven't quite had the balls to go that scientific, yeah. that hardcore. Not that we're not always can, like talking about things like that, but it's just like, okay, now i got to sit down and do this research. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so A lot it, can go into that, man. A lot can. Yeah. So we'll have him next, and then Jordan, you're up to plate. Yeah, I don't have a plan <laughs> as of yet for the next one. Um, All right, we'll, we'll figure it out. Though. We'll figure it out. It always changes. But we got a couple ideas up on the board. So we do, we do. We got, we're workshopping them. We're going to get through it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be cool. So with that, I think we're going to give this one a close. We appreciate you guys so much. Um, don't forget though. Please send us a rating review on whatever you're listening to us mm-hmm. on, especially if you're listening to us on iTunes. Really get us up the charts on there. Yeah, that's most ratings, popular. Ratings are what does it. I mean, think about it. When you go look at something, you're like, okay, how many stars does this have? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's got three and a half. Uh, well, yeah. First of all, what's at the top of the chart? Yeah. How does it get there? Those stars. That's right. That's what Those we stars. Need. So take your time. You already got your phone out because that's how you're listening. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. And just just click click a little five star. Say good job or whatever you want to say. I don't really care. Just please don't be nasty about it. You could just say that you're just doing what you're told. There, there you, you go. Just, you know. There you go. Um, so yeah, send. Please review us. Take a minute to do that, and then reach out to us on Creepy Campfire Podcast at gmail dot com. Yeah, that's our email. I check that thing like six times a day. Uh, we respond to anybody that does email us as soon as we can. And mm-hmm. if you give us permission, we love to shout that out on the show. If you've got any of your own stories, if you've seen Bigfoot, you've been visited by the men at black, you were you were exercised at one point. Not oh, exercising, man. but exercised. If anybody out there has an exorcism story, yeah, please send it in. Hit us up. And even if you don't want us to share it, we still think those are cool. I want to read it. <laughs> we, we, we can share it on the air, either anonymously or or we can give you credit for that, whatever you prefer to do. Um, it could be just for us for a talking point. Absolutely. We'll see. So hit us up there. Follow us on our Instagram at Creepy Campfire Podcast. Yeah, Creepy Campfire Podcast is the Instagram handle. That's right. You can see what we got going on there, updates on any episodes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and right now that's oh, in our Patreon, Patreon slash Creepy Campfire Podcast. Right now, no merch, like we said in the beginning of the episode, but we're going to get that figured out and get get that back up and going in due time. So, I think that about does it, everybody. Oh, oh, I forgot Squatch this whole episode. We haven't heard from Squatch all day. He's visiting his family. That's okay. But until next time, everybody, stay, stay toasty. toasty.